We get a lot of questions about where to buy things, what the best part for the job is, where and how to route those harnesses, and numerous other questions from Slip Angle listeners and readers of Tracktune.com. When it comes to safety gear, there are very serious questions answered. If you're like most of our listeners, and you have a car you race, track, or autocross, you should check out the best in the safety parts business, OG Racing. OG Racing's friendly staff are incredibly well-versed in the products and the installations of the parts they sell. They can assist you in not only purchasing the safety gear for your car, but also answering questions on installing and using them correctly. Helmets, suits, shoes, nets, and other safety gear aren't all they sell and support. They also carry a huge array of trackside gear and car parts. Everything from scales and fuel cells, gauges and battery chargers, and everything else in between. OG Racing carries all the brands you're looking for great prices on, and with over 25 years in the business, OG Racing is a name you can trust to sell you top quality parts and products at a great price. Check them out on the web at ogracing.com, or call them up at 1-800-934-9112. You should buy the most important parts of your car, the parts that keep you safe, from somewhere you can trust. Trust OG Racing. Again, that's www.ogracing.com or call 1-800-934-9112 and tell them Slip Angle sent you. So we were talking about you not knowing what America Online is at all in the slightest. <laughs> like we went right from uh, from hello, how are you? To wait, you don't know what America Online is. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> no, usually the one question. we used. The one we used way back for Messenger, and I can't remember what that one was. Like M- when you MSN were down. Messenger, you said. Well, we used MSN Messenger, but before that, there was another one, and I can't was remember. Was it C O L Canada Online? No. No, no, it's not. Anyways, I can't remember the one before that. But the cool thing about MSN Messenger was, because I guess Skype is Microsoft, everyone that I ever had on MSN Messenger like years ago... Migrated over? Yeah, it's all on Skype now. Huh, that's kind of cool. They're all bothering you right now. No, no one, I don't think anyone cares. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was having a conversation with with some friends last night at dinner. Uh, We went with Dan Howard and his wife uh, that works at 949 Racing. Oh, cool. We went last night and we were talking about how we learned to type. And I was talking about how my parents bought like Mario Teaches Typing, so I learned to type there a little bit. But I really didn't learn how to type a lot until I was using the internet and interacting with people on Instant Messenger. Instant Messenger, man, taught, taught me how to type. That was like one thing that I like didn't have a lot of, I don't know, in school I wasn't that into anything. I didn't have a lot of attention span for a lot, but I like like the challenge of learning to type in school for some reason. Oh, I thought you were going to use the line from Fast and the Furious, uh, the Jesse reference, like not being good at school, but being good at cars. Yeah, you, <laughs> no. just live your life, you live your life uh, 2.8 miles at a time. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't good going. at cars either. There was a long time where I was not good at cars. I had a Mazda MX-6, so I was definitely not good at cars. A Mazda MX-6. <laughs> a what? I, just, I was just working on my roof today. <laughs> <laughs> a Mazda MX-6. <laughs> Sorry, All right. that, Austin, are we recording? I've been recording for the past okay, like three minutes. All right, All right. So, so we have uh, 
We have James Houghton from Canada on the line here. Uh, Time Attack buddy of ours. Time Attack Type R on Instagram. Uh, K-Tuned Integra, like one of the fastest front-wheel drive cars in the world. Um, and the other day, he was down at Ice Battle with us. Uh, we were up in Wisconsin, and he was down at Ice Battle because he's from the great white north America's still, hat. It's still out for um, me, too. Still out and, for me. Oh, that's probably, it probably is true. You're, you're from a little south, but... Um, and you started, we started in on Canadian words and American words, like right before you left, uh, we were going to record a podcast and you were too tired and I, we were too tired and I had to drive to Chicago till 4am. But, um, you, you said something about the way I say the word roof <laughs> and, and now I don't know how I actually say it. <laughs> You're like super so self-conscious it like about it now. Roof. Yeah, I asked I asked Sarah the other day. I said, We're gonna record a show tomorrow night and she was like, What? It's Sunday and I was like, Yeah, don't worry about that. Let's let's talk about how I say roof. <laughs> <laughs> so the last weekend I worked on my house. I got on top of my house and I worked on the part on the top. What would you guys call that? A roof. That's what I said. I, I <laughs> no, would call not. that my neighbor's apartment above me. Okay, well, well, but when you lived in Georgia, what would you have called that thing on top of your house? The roof. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, isn't it? No, you it said sounds rough. different when you say it, Adam. You, you say rough. <laughs> I love it. Uh, all right. Um, yeah, so we have we have differences. Um, so James, um, let's get right down to the nitty gritty. Uh, mm. How do you listen? How do you listen to Slip Angle? <laughs> <laughs> Preferably in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you, you told <laughs> you told us you, you that told, when we were at Ice us, Battle. <laughs> yeah, you told this to us also. Um, <laughs> just, I'm, I'm laughing just thinking about it. Um, All the listeners are lost right now. Let's walk. Let's let's walk through a typical evening with James Houghton. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when he when he comes home from a hard day at work and he, he chooses to listen to his favorite idiot buddies on a podcast, how how, how would you how would you do so? In the bath, <laughs> like like in the bathtub. In the bathtub. <laughs> There's no better way. <laughs> you dry, being coddled coddled by the warm water in the stand. bubbles. Yeah, yeah. You said it. You've you've got some uh, some back pain right now because you. Uh, because you drive too fast, and uh, like <sighs> and you said you you make the bath as hot as you can make it, and then well no he he didn't he say he draws a bath? <laughs> I feel like you said he draw. I get home, I draw a scalding hot bath. Yeah, you said he, <laughs> you did say draw. <laughs> All right. I just finished the um, Jeff Braun one before I came over here right now. During bath time. During bath time. I just, now, I, they don't have 500 oh my gosh, I'm dying. bath, and here we are. I just picture you in a bathtub with like candles like lit and a photo of your Type R like yeah. hanging above the bathtub, <laughs> lights exactly down, rubber ducky like floating. And you being submerged up to your eyeballs and blowing bubbles yeah. out your nose, and there's just bubbles coming up. <laughs> How does he, how's he going to hear if he's up to his eyeballs? He's got to be up to his ear oh, holes. That's a good that's point. All. You have to have at least one yeah. ear above the water. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Well, why why do you listen to Slip Angle in the bathtub, dude? It's multitasking. What, do, what else would you do in the bathtub? I don't know. Lots of things. <laughs> like anything but listen to Slip Angle. No, there's like... 
That's perfect. Did you guys ever watch all that on Nickelodeon? At least, no. At least, you know, people no. that are in the states. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't have Nickelodeon. Austin, yeah. we're not. We're not teenagers. Sorry, that was, sorry. That was on like eight years well, there, ago. There was this guy named Pierre, like a character named Pierre Escargot, and he used to wear like a rain hat and flippers and stuff, and sit in a bathtub um, and pretend to speak French. I thought yeah. it was the funniest thing, but that's kind of how I, I picture. Oh, I, I picture James from, as if well. If you're from Quebec, James, this would be like dead on. If we had dead Eric on. Levine here, well, he wasn't technically from Quebec, but he uh, was from a border town, French speaking, and I feel like yeah. he did, they did all the Quebec oh, things man. there. Are Canadian border yeah. towns the same way like Mexican border towns are? Are they are they rough? No. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in Canada is rough, dude, except for the winters. You're right. Every, the border towns and are rough. those aren't. The roof, yeah, not, not even this winter. This this winter is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the border between you know Ontario and Quebec isn't really a border. There's just a sign that says you're now entering Quebec. Uh, when when uh, in like 2002 or whatever, we were traveling to the uh, the main pro rally. We went through Canada. We went through Quebec and stuff, and it was like two or three a.m. Um, uh, and we were in the terrible F-250 that was borrowed. It was like an 88 or, or like a 92 or something terrible and extended cab. We had four dudes in the car. Oh, uh, it was God, a civic rough. turn backwards on a trailer that was for VW bug. Oh, wow. Um, and the, the axle was like way too far back. So we had way too much tongue weight and like the ramp fell off in the, in like the hills or somewhere in the middle of, uh, Maine. It was a long night and we got lost in, uh, in Quebec because we, we didn't have GPS because it's a pre-smartphone for us, and uh, all rally Matt um, Matt Johnston from Specialty Field Production, and, <laughs> and all he all he said for like six hours was fucking Frenchies. Oh, did he hate France? <laughs> Why can't they just speak English? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a long night, man. That uh, Every time I think of Quebec, I think of laying in a parking lot because we were too tired and we needed to stretch out, so we just laid in the parking lot. And then uh, somebody yelled at us. To do that. It, it, was, it was not warm enough to do that. We were all bundled up. But Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't like Quebec. Quebec is weird. Uh, what, what's the Canadians' feelings on, on, the, on your French uh, state? there i can't confirm this but i'm like 99 percent sure that when you're in quebec they don't have to have english on the signs but in a lot of places in ontario we yeah. have to have french on the signs i just I don't, don't think they have fair at least when i was there they didn't have to have it um no, we, we just, just we literally don't just got, that, we got lost because of it i just don't see how that's fair it doesn't seem very fair to me but no anyway so james houghton you have an integra and it's very fast um, do you want to give us the details of your Integra before well, we get into like where you got into this track thing from and stuff? Uh, it's a K24 uh, Jackson Racing supercharged uh, Rotrex uh, C3891. Um, a lot of K tune parts on it. They're a big part of uh, big part of the car, and uh, we use their uh, coilovers and their intake manifold and their throttle body, shifter box, cables, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There's a lot of a lot of K tune parts in it. Um, Professional Awesome helped a lot with the, uh, I shouldn't say helped a lot, basically designed the aero package. Um, yeah, I don't, uh, uh, pretty, Eric, Eric Levine from our division basically yeah. did the whole build on the car and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's come a long way. That's for sure. How long have no, you had I, it for? I dig your aero package too. That underbody was awesome when I saw it in October. <laughs> it was definitely, uh, definitely a game changer. That's for sure. Yeah. What were you saying, Austin? Oh, I was asking how long he's had the car for. Yeah. 
I got it uh, September 2009. Okay. Okay. Mostly uh, stock it, or? Yeah. When did it become a tracker? How long was it, uh, you know? I uh, started tracking it. That was like, you know, shortly before winter. And then in the springtime, uh, we started tracking it, I guess, around June of, of 2010. Okay. So it was it was always planned that it was going to be a, a track car, but the plan was to be like basic bolt-ons, suspension, and just drive it. Yeah, and that, that's a that that never lasts. Regardless, <laughs> it did pretty good. It did pretty good. One full year of stock engine, one full year of built B series, one okay. full year of of K twenty four naturally aspirated, and then that was the end of streetcar days. Yeah, uh, how how did you get into doing the uh, the track stuff? My uncle, my uh, on, uh, my dad's brother. So my dad and his whole side of the family were always big into oval track racing. Okay, and cool. uh, my uncle had a one of those Taurus SHOs with the Yamaha engine. Yeah, yeah. And shortly after I got my uh, driver's license, um, he called me up one day, and it was in the summertime. I was off, you know, I was still in high school or whatever, but I was off school, and uh, he said, Do "You want to come to Shannonville with me today? Where there's a, a an SHO club meeting there, and it's, there's a lapping day uh-huh. and stuff like that." And I thought that sounds really cool, and. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if he had offered me to drive the car on track at that point or not. And I had never driven anything, you know, on track other than a go kart at a rental go kart place. And uh, so we got went out there. It's about a three hour drive from from Kitchener to Shannonville. And uh, not long after we got there, he handed me the keys and he said, "Take it out for a couple of laps." And I'm going, you know, I'm 16 or 17 years old. <laughs> and my uncle throws me the keys to a manual transmission car, and I had hardly ever driven manual transmission at the time, <laughs> and uh, just kind of went out there and figured it out. A lot of the Trial guys, by in fire. The, yeah, man, yeah. A lot of the guys in the club were um, not super aggressive with their cars, and I went out there and hardly driven even on the street at that point in my life, and passed everyone in our run group, and uh, came in, and and that was, and I was pretty pumped about it. And for some reason, it wasn't until about six years after that, until I went to my next lapping day again. I bought that MX-6 like we were talking about before, and I did a little bit of drag racing and playing around with that. And it was a horribly unreliable car, broke like six transmissions in that car. Oh, wow. Um, was, was that uh, was that the turbo one or? That was the later gen, the V6, uh, okay, the V6 yeah. and the roundy one. So it had, I had a, a jack- clutch on one of those one time, and that was a terrible car to work on. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't good. But like that no was- room to work on it. It was. It was like one of the harder clutches I've ever had to do. They weren't a big motor, but I just feel like they were kind of put in there in a in a weird sort of way. It just like you say, they weren't very easy to work on. But that one had the the Japanese KLZE engine in it, and. Yeah. Uh, Zed. And, it had, <laughs> Zed. and it had all had all the bolt-ons and stuff like that. And that car did a, a 14.2 on street tires and a wow. 13.6 at 100 miles an hour on slicks. No. And the weird thing about that car was it made, like, no power, but for some mm. reason it still trapped pretty high. Like, it made, like, 170 wheel horsepower. That's a really solid time, too. You know, 170 wheel and it did a 13.6 and a car that weighed, like, you know, probably twenty-seven fifty or twenty yeah, hundred pounds. Really, really. That, Wait, is this, is this in the be... this is in the quarter kilometer though, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's that's got to be just all mid range then, just a solid power band, you know? Yeah, it just worked. And the gearing, I used a probe transmission instead of a, an MX six, so it had a shorter final drive. So you know, okay. we'd sh- I would I would shift into fifth gear before the end of the strip on a twenty two eight fifteen. Oh my gosh. So uh, it was a short tire, but it worked really good. It would hook like one seven sixty foot. So it was really wow, that's uh, really good too. Yeah, people were pretty shocked when they would see it at the track. It ran pretty good, but it was how, how just long, how, how long did you dra- did you drag race? Did you do you know years and years of that, or, or how just, long into that? Basically, the whole time I had the car, I had it from '03 to '06. Okay, and uh, played around with that. It kind of got quicker and quicker throughout the time I had it, and. Like I say, a lot of broken transmissions, a couple of blown up motors, and it just—it was just a disappointing. I shouldn't say a disappointing car. It was cool because it was kind of my first car. I had a hand-me-down Ford Taurus before that from my mom, but uh, it was the first car that was like you know my car, and it was cool from that sense, and it looked cool and stuff. I had uh, FDRX7 wheels and a carbon hood and trunk, and it was black and you know had decent paint on it and stuff like that. But uh, I was happy when I sold that. I got a. A '93 uh, Civic hatchback, and uh, Eric Levine helped me uh, do a Type R swap with that, oh, and wow. I was uh, I was hooked after that. Yeah, I was yeah. deep deep into the Honda swap world, huh? Yeah, and it wasn't. It was shortly after I got that car that I started doing a bit more lapping days and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I guess that what, uh, sent us what, to, what would you say your home track is uh, up there? Um, Probably Toronto Motorsports Park is uh, probably the closest one and the one we run most often with uh, Canadian Canadian Sport Compact Series. Okay, they're um, they're very easy to get on track there. They have like a lot of Wednesday night, Friday night, you know, Friday yeah. during the day open lapping days that are run through the track. So it's very easy to get out uh, on track there. Yeah, uh, you you you've done uh, some chump races and stuff also recently, right? Yeah, just I did my first one. Um, fall of 2015 uh, with okay. uh, Trevor and Travis Hill uh, from Tooth, and uh, I got kind of hooked. And I did, um, I guess, three more last year in 2016, and it's uh, it's pretty awesome, that's for sure. I uh, I uh, I've been enjoying it a lot. I hope to get out a few more times this year. What uh, what car were you in for that? Uh, uh, EG Hatch. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, uh, so a little bit familiar. But... Definitely, definitely, and. Uh, one of the reasons why I got into it, I shouldn't say got into it. One of the the first event we went to this past year in 2016 um, was Road Atlanta, and I knew that uh, GTA Road Atlanta was coming up in May, yeah. and uh, I had been there the year before, but just didn't feel super super comfortable on track because it's a intimidating place, especially it's hard to learn a track in Time Attack because you don't get that much. Uh, yeah, you don't get that many laps there. So it yeah, was, it was I, I've a, been there a few times, and I'm not comfortable there yet. Yeah. <laughs> But after going there and, and doing, you know, two hours and I did the the dusk to kind of dark stint and uh, it's amazing how much you, you pick up on a track when it's pitch black out there. Yeah. So that's a much long way to drive for you. Is that like 20 hours? No, it's uh, it's like 14. Oh, that's not that bad, I guess. Huh. Not too bad. It, at you're all. further south than I'm imagining. But yeah, so we're three hours from Detroit. Yeah. OK. That's not that bad then. Um, no. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm picturing you know it being like 20 hours because it takes me like 14 or 15 because I'm always hauling two cars and a slow rig and we stop at Waffle House the entire way. <laughs> so, um, what, uh, what as far as all the tracks you've been to, um, what uh, what's your favorite circuit? 
I do like Road Atlanta a lot, and I would have said before August of last year that it would probably be my favorite. But uh, we did a, the 24-hour chump race VIR in August, oh, and yeah. uh, I would really, really like to take the Integra to VIR. I think that would be, uh, I think that would be super cool. Oh, that'd yeah, be so fast there. Yeah, Austin hasn't been on the track, but he's been there. Oh yeah, and that is one big straightaway. Um, yeah. Absolutely. And it's really, but but the track also isn't that hard on. Uh, it's not that hard on cars because the longest, or the biggest braking zone is uphill, so you get some of it there. Um, and I I really enjoy that place. Oh, it's Those so, it's so pretty there. Too. Oh, the S's so at fun. night were just amazing. I believe it. I believe it. I've I've uh, I've done them at uh, dusk in practice for the VIR thirteen hour, but I've never done them in dark because the car broke before it got dark. But. <laughs> It, it's such a cool track. I, I need to go back there. It's, I haven't been there since uh, probably two and a half years now, but really, really and fun track. And we went there right after the repave, so everything was super, super smooth. It was only like two weeks since the repave when we were there yeah. for, for Chump Car. And it yeah, was, it's such uh, a cool place. Hmm. Uh, the, the most recent repave this year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they repaved two years before that, and then they had some delamination on the pavement. It was coming apart. Um, and you know, they just they just repaved it again. So, yeah. So we what were is, the second second group on track after the repave. Was it like uh, super smooth, super grippy, or super smooth? It's always kind of weird with jump cars because you're on street tires, right? It doesn't always yeah. seem. You know, we went uh, to Watkins Glen right after the repave too, and the group that was there the weekend before had been on slicks, and um, and they said that it was you know hugely different. And uh, we went there on street tires, and the and the lap times had seemed uh, pretty similar to the year before. Okay. It was smooth, but uh, I don't know if the you know if the street tires particularly like that new pavement quite as much as the you know the racing slicks do. Yeah. Um, what uh, what what kind of uh, street tires are you guys on in that thing? Uh, we've used RE seventy ones. We used them at Road Atlanta last year, but usually they use uh, RS threes. Oh, okay. Um, and what motor is in your chump car there? Uh, B18B. Oh, cool. LS motor. Yep. yep. Nice and reliable. Simple, low yep. revs. So. They've gotten, uh, Trevor Hill builds the motors. Like he's, you know, kind of co-owner of the team and he builds his own motors. And uh, they get like a hundred, I think one of the, one of their motors, they got like 140 race hours out of. <laughs> that's like, I couldn't uh, believe, I couldn't that's believe like eight or 10 that. races probably. If yeah, like, it was crazy yeah, when he told me that. Races. That was just unbelievable. So. That's not bad. No, no, that makes uh, helps with you know racing expenses and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, no, the chump car has definitely been fun, and it's a good way to get a lot of seat time because it's definitely not uh, cost effective to get a lot of seat time in my Integra. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, how did you get into ti- how did you get into the serious uh, side of Time Attack? Like, uh, when did that change? When did that start for you? Well, shortly after I got the uh, the Type R. There was a series that's now, uh, I guess, defunct in Canada, but it was called Sigma Time Attack. And it seemed to be, you know, super um, friendly to beginners and stuff like that. No licenses. Um, They weren't attracting crazy, crazy fast cars. They were attracting, you know, mostly cars that were driven to and from the track. And so I just kind of got the car, you know, semi set up for the track and kind of where I was happy with it. And uh, it was June of 2010. And I took the car out to that event, and I thought, oh, man, it was intimidating. There were some cars there with, you know, 
some Hoosier R6s and some people were on V710s. And, you know, there was some cars that were way more modded than mine. And uh, so it was kind of intimidating going out on track. But they had uh, they had some AIM um, lap timers that you got to have in your car, which was cool. They had them for, for every car, which was like a, like an AIM solo or whatever. The one before that, the one that used the, its own beacon. Oh, OK. okay. So uh, but it was super cool to come out. And, you know, I'd been to a few lapping days before, but you don't ever know your lap time until the end of the day um, if they have that sort of thing. And if they don't, then you just go out and you're having fun and you have no idea what your lap time will be. Interesting. So I went out to that first event and uh, won my class and was actually fastest overall from they had like just an A and a B. And from the B class, I was fast, you know, faster than any of the A class cars. And I thought, hmm, this is pretty fun. I should probably, you know, try to focus on this a little bit more. So that season, it stayed very, you know, we made minor changes to spring rates and sway bars and alignment settings and stuff like that. And we got faster and faster um, every event. And at the end of that season, it was kind of intimidating for me to go out to CSCS still at that point, because I had seen a lot of cars were case swapped and stuff like that. And uh, they, you know, my car was still a stock, stock type R motor, stock tune, everything. And um, so I decided at the end of the season, Sigma was over. There was still one more CSCS event. And I thought, what the heck, you know, I'll register for that and we'll try it out and see how I compare to those guys. And um, so went to the event. It was super, I shouldn't say intimidating, but there was just a lot of cars there, a lot of fast cars there and stuff like that. I went out for my practice. Everything was seeming pretty good. And uh, at the end of the day, I won... uh, street front wheel drive there and uh, set the record for the class. So I was kind of like, that was pretty cool. And, uh, and things had just kind of snowballed from there. We, you know, (laughs) the motor was starting to burn crazy amounts of oil at that point. And uh, so Eric Levine from our division, um, we did a, you know, a kind of a semi built motor that winter and it made like 200 wheel horsepower. And then went out to more events the next year and got faster. And it just kind of has snowballed from there. Yeah, you have uh, you've modded everything on that car, I think, haven't you? I don't think there's a bolt that hasn't been out of that car. <laughs> yeah, I, think. I can't think of anything you wouldn't have touched. Uh, you even just pulled the roof off this this winter, right? <laughs> getting it's, getting back it's... to my my favorite word now. <laughs> uh, roof. I love it. I still I I don't think I say that weird. <laughs> Sounds more like R U U F instead of R O F when you say it. Yeah. Like a, like a dog. I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, Austin, are you still there? Yep. Oh, you're, you're not saying much. I thought maybe we lost you in the recording. <laughs> I'm just listening, man. Um, how, how do you say roof? Roof? Yeah. Roof. Austin, how do you say it? Roof? Roof. 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 Like roofies. See, I have to move my lips too much to say that. Like roofies, not roughies. <laughs> roughies. <laughs> roughies. And I had actually never heard someone say it like you before, Adam, until my, my wife Grid says Life it the Midwest. Exact same way. It must really? be a Chicago thing. I don't know. Until Grid Life Midwest last year, and you were in the drivers' meeting, and I can't remember. I think you were saying like you arms know, over the race. Yeah, and you said it. <laughs> I just about See, now, the drivers. Now meeting. I'm never going to be able to host a drivers every meeting. drivers' meeting. <laughs> so I'm just going to all be waiting for it. <laughs> I'll be waiting for it, and I'm just going to crack out laughing next uh, time. Dang it. One month and a bit till mid Ohio. Roof. Are you com- are you coming to mid Ohio? I'm gonna try my best. 
Excellent. I would love to see you there. I'm uh, I'm thrashing in my car right now to try to get it there. So that would be awesome. Um, the uh, yeah, I, I I really want to race at uh, Road Atlanta in like two weeks, and if the car is solid, I might. But uh, otherwise, Grid Life uh, Mid Ohio will be the first time I have my car on track. So need a co-driver for two weeks at Road Atlanta. Uh, no co-drivers for this one. No, I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Um, unless Alan Skillicorn wants to rent it for the weekend, I don't know. I, I could use a, I could use a few bucks. We'll see. He's uh, uh, he's expressed a lot of interest in renting it for the season, so we'll see. But yeah, I'm keeping the CRX. Not selling it. Can't sell it. Love it too Don't much. Sell it. So Keep it. I love it, love it way too much. But, um, over the over the uh, the last few years, you've uh, you've ran with us a few times. Uh, you've reset our track record at Gingerman three times now. I think twice, twice, twice. Okay. Yep. Uh, I set it at Midwest, and then uh, Will uh, broke it at Honda Meet, and then yeah, I rebuilt it again at Honda Special Meet. Stage. Special Stage. Yeah. What what uh, what did you get it down to? Twenty six. Twenty eight. Thirty point one. Thirty point one. I I couldn't remember. I can never remember who's in the twenties. Uh, pro- but, professional awesome did a 29.6 okay okay uh, that's yeah. one of the fastest door slammers i don't know if we have another one or uh, if there's a faster one or not i think officially it's the fastest you know so you hear some rumors of other cars going faster and stuff like that but i think yeah. on paper that's the that's the fastest one uh, all these times um especially this year because we've been to, we've been to, we're getting to we're going to more and more tracks and my brain is kind of like half into the SCCA half into grid life and I think about all these lap times I cannot keep any of them straight anymore I really need to start having a book of who ran what um, for announcing and for this uh, podcast and all that it, it just kind of blends <laughs> together now um, so so yeah you're you're only 14 seconds faster than me which is pretty weak if you know if you do if you ask me but it's a uh, pretty different car though <laughs> just so, it's only half uh, a commercial what, yeah that's uh yeah that's not that long dude i could i could sit through half of a chevy commercial and and then yeah that's not that long no come on you gotta go faster man you got like four times the horsepower come on We'll try to go a little faster. We'll try you know, Midwest, <laughs> maybe a twenty-eight or something like that. Now, uh, details on your car. You've got uh, you've got like eighteen-inch wheels on the thing, don't you? Yeah, eighteen-inch wheels on the front. Seven. What do you run? Yeah, what do you run tire-wise on that? Um, for CSCS series in Canada, we have to uh, everyone in unlimited class uh, up until this year. They've cha- they're changing the rule for that, but um, last year we had to all run the uh, Pirelli slick, the Pirelli P zero slick. Okay. So we run that um, when we're running in Canada, and then I find for myself I like the the Hoosier A7 in the back better than the Pirelli in the 17 because the Pirelli in the 17 you can only get a medium compound, whereas okay. we run the soft in the front. So the Pirelli soft in the front with the Hoosier A7 in the back seems to be a really good combination. Okay. Is that is that the combination you ran at Superlap Battle then or no? Uh, it is. Okay. You've never ran like a Hoosier up front or anything. I have, but I, I like the Pirelli better. Really? Yep. Interesting. Pirelli DS slick seems to be uh, really, really good. Uh, and that's a full slick. That's not a DOT tire, right? That's correct. Okay. Um, what uh, what what width do you run on that? Uh, 285, 645, 18. Jeez. So that's like a <laughs> metric kind of thing or whatever. It's 25.4 yeah, inches tall. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, pretty tough it's not, to fit. It's not that much taller, but it do, it looks big. Like a factory yeah. Integra wheel is like twenty three point something. Yep. 
but uh yeah it looks you, you got a lot of meat there it rubs in a lot of places that we wish it didn't <laughs> yeah um is that uh, is that a big problem um you got over fenders in the car and stuff right yeah it rubs the inside though worse yeah than, you know yeah, with yeah, the flares and stuff we've, there. we fixed that but uh we're gonna look at that and uh and hopefully we can clearance some of those areas a little bit better this winter and uh, allow for a little bit more compression without the tire touching the the uh, yeah. chassis uh and you've got uh i would assume a built k24 in that thing yeah, powered by one of our a friend of the podcast, uh, Jackson Racing. Um, well, what kind of power can you get out of a Rotrex blower K twenty four? Can you get in the five hundreds or the uh, the highest dyno number we made with that car was five hundred and eighty wheel horsepower. Holy cow! Yeah. That's more than I thought. Yeah, so we might uh, we might try a few few other changes this winter, and you know maybe we can get to the. Uh, get a number that starts with a six in it, even if it's six zero zero, but we'll see how that goes. Though I don't think the power, you know, at this point is an issue. It's just trying to make everything else work. You know, when you think of like a, you know, a GTLM car or something like that, those cars way more have less power, have more restrictions on arrow and at road Atlanta go, you know, 10 seconds faster than we do. Yeah. So I think it'll be more about just getting everything to work. You know, I, I don't, I don't expect that we'll ever get the engineering down to the caliber of, you know, of those cars. They have some pretty crazy guys working for them and stuff like that. <laughs> but even if we could get halfway to that, <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, think that would uh, make a big difference. Now, what kind of battles are you fighting with uh, with the car um, weekend to weekend? Is, is it reliability still? Because the car seems fairly reliable every time you've been with us. But Yeah, it's been um, pretty good. Or are you yeah. fighting? You fighting more like you know setup all the time, always making changes, or like walk us through walk us through a, a typical weekend on track with that thing. Well, we we broke a final drive at uh, Superlot Battle, which was uh, a shame because we you know really were limited to the amount of time um, we got behind the wheel. We only did one timed lap on the first day, and then we did a couple sessions on the second day. So that was kind of a shame. But that was that was a final drive that had been in there since. Uh, beginning of the season 2014 so that was pretty good um i hate talking about things that have been reliable because then you're nervous that they're not going to be reliable but um you know engines and transmissions have been pretty good um we were having some clutches with the previous clutch company that uh, we were running um Exidy picked us up this year and we've been working with them and uh their product has just been great it's just been one last thing to think about um we had some some discs fail um springs breaking away from uh, from the disc before and we haven't had that problem and it's just been nice to have one last thing to worry about yeah have uh have you considered running an unsprung clutch disc or no uh so this year we we were running in the xd uh, hyper single last year which was still a sprung disc and this year we're going to go to the hyper twin which is uh, unsprung wow. twin plate. okay the uh, yeah the, the problem with um, with a sprung disc is if it's not a cre- you know some of those are OEM based discs and then they for for listeners the you know the spring basically the little things that capture the springs those things those things can break and the spring gets all weird and then the clutch doesn't want to engage or disengage properly and it feels terrible I've had it happen a few times on cars but uh, kind of common with uh, especially with like OEM or like OEM plus kind of you know clutches but definitely definitely that actually happened to me at the event after grid life midwest okay 
Yeah, it, uh, it, 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 and it does weird. Uh, it's hard. Like sometimes it can be hard to diagnose, like, uh, because, <laughs> because it'll engage fine, but you can't shift or, uh, it, the pedal feels the same, but it doesn't, you know, it, uh, you know, it, 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 it you can't shift to like, you know, third and fifth, uh, but sometimes first and second can be okay because they, you know, it, it, it can be really annoying and you pull it apart and then there's a broken spring because the broken springs do weird things. That so. was the exact problem that we were having. It was kind of there and not there and, you know, working yeah, because the and spring not moves around, you know, you unload the, you unload the clutch and the spring can be in the right spot and then it's not, and it's hard to diagnose. And you think it's, uh, I, I've changed a lot of hydraulic systems on cars probably three or four times chasing broken springs. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah, the, that's uh, the, the trans, the K series trannies. Those things uh, uh, are notoriously fragile in a couple, you know, in a, in a few areas. Have, what, what kind of problems have you had besides the broken final drive with those? So after one season of um, of running with the supercharger, we broke the fourth gear, which is the common gear in the K series transmission to break. Um, HPD make an upgraded fourth gear, and um, we put that in at the beginning of 2014, and Again, it's knock on wood. It's scary to talk about it, but that's been in there for uh, three seasons now. That's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. That's they, a lot of so. stress a, on that thing. Yeah, that's uh, there's a lot of guys breaking that breaking the uh, K series transmissions with like you know 200 wheel horsepower. I would imagine you'd be shredding stuff by now. But the thing is, I try to keep the amount of laps turned on track. Like if a day's working out well, everything's working good. You know, we won't waste any time we won't do extra laps and we need to you know when we came to special stage we wanted to come to that event but we were kind of semi using it as a test day for super lap battle and i don't know if you remember you know we turned a few laps we were happy with what it did and that was it probably only turned you know four hot laps that day so yeah we were a little bummed to see that yeah <laughs> but it did make Austin for and I are, we're up in yeah. up in the booth <laughs> and james comes in he's pat he's bringing the transponder back to the top floor of the other time it's like tower. 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> what the heck dude <laughs> So yeah, it, it's uh, I'm going home. I'm kind of tired. Yeah, that's when that's when he had uh, a lot going on, and I was trying to talk to him, and he kind of looked around, not not knowing what was going on so much. Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> uh, what did you have going on there at eleven o'clock in the afternoon in the morning? I was just so exhausted that day. We got in at four thirty in the morning, and then uh, you know drivers meeting at seven thirty or something like that. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah, and. I think at Midwest we had you on on the PA. We did a little mini interview with you, and you're like severely intoxicated. Afterwards, because uh, you had packed it up for the day. Afterwards, you like cover the mic, and you're like, "I've had like seven beers. Do I sound drunk?" <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, you're Canadian. You're pro at this. You sound great. I'm normally not pro at all, but that day <laughs> that day was doing okay. I guess. Yeah, it was nice and hot, and. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I, I remember he covered the microphone up. You look at us like I've had seven beers. Do I sound drunk? <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun no, day. That was a fun no, weekend. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, what? What's your What's your favorite event for the uh, for the year last year? Uh, is it the big long haul out to Super Lab Battle or the party at Grid Life Midwest or Chump Car Race or what kind of stuff do you actually like to do the most? You know, it's all so fun. Every event kind of has its own thing. You know, Super Lab Battle. You know, even though we didn't win there, 
we were super happy with our lap time and super lap battle. It, it, it always sucks. You know, time attack is so based around, you know, winning and records and everything like that. We were so close. You came in, you came in second for the record. You, and, yeah. and you also broke the previous record as did Will all young who, who won the event for, correct, for a front correct. drive. But. So we were both, you know, over two seconds clear of the previous record that was held by spoon sport. So that was, you know, super exciting. You know, we were only 19 hundredths of a second or something like that off will. So that was, uh, you know, we were, we were right there. And so at the same time, that was really rewarding to go, you know, I think we we're seventh fastest time attack car of any drivetrain to ever run there or something, you know, something around that. So, wow. you know, that's pretty, pretty cool. But at the same point, that's a high stress event, you know, a lot of pressure and stuff like that. Grid life Midwest this year, especially because the car was working so well, you know, that was just, that was just a party. It was just, uh, that was super cool. First, first, you know, reconnaissance lap of the track went two and a half seconds clear of the previous front wheel drive record there. So that was, you know, full party. <laughs> Wait, was that your first time there? First time there. I didn't know that. I thought you came last year. No, or the year 2016, before that. 2016 was my first uh, first wow. time there. So first lap off the trailer was like a 34 point something, and we ended up doing a 31 six. Yeah. Wow. So that was pretty cool. That was you know that was reason. Maybe, to maybe that's that why I was so excited about James Houghton being a career life because you you went Never so fast. Been. Yep. <laughs> and, so. and it was your your handsome Canadian face. I could have oh yes, that. yes, but yes. I'm sure. Got to make new friends every year. Well, you guys, it's been awesome hanging out with you at, uh, you know, seeing you more times than, you know, maybe we thought we were going to see it. Yeah, the uh, the ice battle was something I didn't expect to see you at. Um, but what was your thoughts on on that? We we had you, I you know, I had a little bit, a little, a few minutes of interview with you. And then uh, Austin filmed a, a blog thing uh, that's uh, that's up now with a little bit more James Houghton fun. Um, but what were your thoughts on uh, on driving around in the ice? Andy's too fast. <laughs> Andy Smudgard. He's too fast. It's so fast. not fair. I thought I might be able to give him, you know, a bit of a run. Our kind of little bet thing was that, you know, I was going to try to beat his first lap time of the day. There was no hope. There was no hope. His you did first lap good, though, in the man. car was. What's that? You did really well. I mean, there was only a couple of what, like two or three seconds difference? In clock on the counterclockwise. In the morning, it was a 1.5 seconds difference. So I was like super thrilled with that. That's not um, bad at all, man. But in the afternoon, clockwise, he went four seconds faster. He was really, really? on in the afternoon. Yeah, he went four seconds faster than I did. Yeah, wasn't so, the, the deal now is that he, he has to drive your Integra on track, right? <laughs> and we had a joke about that a little bit. Hopefully, that doesn't that. Have to happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> what what, uh, what if you guys swap cars? Your cars are similar paces. Uh, his his Evo, which is like five hundred wheel or four fifty wheel, and and your Integra might be fun. Might be fun. I haven't uh, I haven't driven too many you know really fast track cars other than my own, so it'd be uh, be neat to to get behind the wheel of something else. What. Uh, have you only ever driven front wheel drive stuff? Is that is that, is that your only you, really track car experience? You had your S two thousand for a while, right? Yeah, yeah. And between the time that I had the EG hatch and the time that I bought the Type R for a little under two years, I had an 07 STI, which was just the biggest mistake that I've ever made in my life. <laughs> Why is that? So I bought that car and I did the stupidest thing. Um, I was living at home at the time, you know, could afford 
uh, an expensive car. And I bought a brand new one, which was just huge fail, huge depreciation. Oh, what a man. foolish mistake. And that car smoked from the time, you know, a week after I picked it up from the lot. And 07 was the notorious cracked ring lands on those. I think that was like one of the worst years. And it took them like, you know, 40, 40 something thousand kilometers to diagnose that problem. Wow. So so you drove around for that many kilometers with with basically broken ring lands? Yep. How many quarts of oil did that go through? See, it was really weird. So sometimes I think that the, you know, the piece of the piston that was kind of broken away, it didn't, it didn't go through the motor. It just kind of stayed in its spot. So sometimes it wouldn't hardly use any oil at all and would run really strong. And sometimes that car would just run like absolute crap. Wow. So they changed the turbo three times trying to diagnose it. It was never the problem. I keep telling them, you know, you're taking turbos off that are mint. What's the point? And they kept on changing it. Uh, Subaru Canada, I was super, super disappointed with. They tried to accuse me of having a tune done on the car. They're like, well, it makes a pound of boost more than it's supposed to. And I'm like, guess you're not very good with your computers. Are you? Then, you know, it's not my deal. This is this is factory ECU here. The car had coilovers and a sway bar and brake pads and, a, you know, a muffler delete. But everything else was stock. And yeah. I had talked to the, the dealership and they said that those mods were going to be fine. No problem at all. Did those mods. And then Subaru Canada accused me of, of changing the tune on the car and were trying to get out of the warranty repair when it came time that it needed a motor. Jeez. So that was just the that's, whole experience was super disappointing. Yeah, that's got to be a nightmare, how, man. Yeah, how long did you have that? I had it from uh, November 2007 until September 2009. Is that the, uh, the what do they call it, the Hawkeye one? Or? That's the Hawkeye. That's the last one before they went to the wagons. I like the look of that car. I loved like when that car was working good. It was a cool car. I tracked it. I drag raced it. I don't know if you guys have King of the Hill in the in the U.S., but like at the oval tracks, the TV where show? they you know line up. Oh, <laughs> not the animated TV show. No, 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 no. <laughs> at an oval track, they'll line up two cars. You know, from yeah. a dead stop at the start finish line, race back around. First one back to the start finish line goes on, and they have kind of a, you know. Um, and the, you know the other cars eliminated, and they'll keep doing that until there's two left. And uh, you they, know, they keep doing that until they run out of Mustangs. You know what? The I, wall. <laughs> I saw I saw a video shared in like the Facebook group All Wheel Drive Army, and it's like a bone stock STI racing a lowered uh, Honda Civic. And the Civic, you can tell, just isn't set up right at all. Uh, you know, he starts turning in, and the back end slides out, and then meanwhile the Subaru just keeps going. And all the guys in All Wheel Drive Army were like, "Oh yeah, man, that's why we have All Wheel Drive." When Clearly, the Honda was just like not set up right at all. Just a street car. Just a guy. Just yeah, a guy some dude like the, yeah, he put like <laughs> race lands on the car. So it was just it was funny to watch what like the all wheel drive guys, not the track all wheel drive guys, but just the all wheel drive yeah, guys yeah. in general were saying that that group that Facebook group's a mess, man. But it's it keeps me entertained. But it, it was that thing. It was guys. I guess it was a, a king of the hill. It was a king of the hill challenge or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we had a we have a half mile track called Delaware Speedway, about one hour to the west of us, and they actually they have payout sometimes, and they've they've paid out up to a thousand dollars for the win before there. Really, and they attract some serious track cars and stuff like that, really really fast cars, and so I was able to win that twice with that Subaru, both times when you know it was working really good, and uh, it was just an awesome car when it worked good, but man, when that car was bad, it was really bad. When that when that you know Ringland would get. 
um, in a in an awkward spot or whatever, and it would start <laughs> blowing oil through it. You know, I'd go to the mall or you know go wherever somewhere where you don't want it to look really ugly and fire it up, and just an absolute blue cloud behind the car. <laughs> but but it but it ran pretty well, huh? But then okay. sometimes it wouldn't smoke. That piece seemed to get in the right spot. I mean, it doesn't really make any sense. Sometimes it would have a cloud. Sometimes it yeah. wouldn't smoke at all. Like uh, my my 1.5 liter that I just pulled out of my CRX, I broke a Ringland at Blackhawk uh, at our our Gridlife Blackhawk event. Um, and I mean, this thing was like pushing. It was pushing so much uh, stuff out the crankcase. Like I like it filled the catch can in like three laps. Uh, oh, wow. Did you have any? Did you have any problems with that or no? Didn't seem to do that too much. Although when they finally, it had been really bad before they finally pulled the motor. And when they pulled the motor, I guess the intake manifold was full of oil. So I, I guess imagine. it was probably getting to that point. But you know, like I say, there was times where that car still ran really good. The but, factory uh, PCV setup or crankcase setup might just be kind of decent at masking that. Maybe. Maybe so. But, uh, there's so many ways to set that up. Totally engine dependent, but. Yeah, my, mine, I mean, it, it filled the engine bay with oil. It was just a freaking mess. I had a quart of oil in the catch can in like three laps. But um, That's the way yeah, my S2000 it, was, actually. Yeah, the S2000 loved puking oil out. To, yeah, actually, out I, I had a catch can, and I had recirculated it. Um, and that was a mistake because running like A6s, you could fill it up after literally two laps, and then everything Holy would just cow. go, yeah, it would just be smokescreen everywhere. Was that an AP1 or an AP2? It was an AP2. It was an 05. Really? Mine so. was an 05 too, and it never used any oil. It never smoked. It never did anything weird like that at all. So weren't driving it hard enough, man. Yeah, oh, man. Maybe so. I was. <laughs> I mean, I had arrow and I had arrow and slicks. I um, I couldn't drive it under three quarters of uh, a tank of fuel anymore, or else I'd get fuel starved. Oh wow! So yeah, mine was much milder than that. So maybe that was the case. So yeah, he Austin was double clutching. He wasn't granny shifting like uh, nope. Should have been yeah. granny shifting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the AP twos. Do those have? Uh, th- th- those aren't the ones that need uh, the valve cover mod because of the smoke problem, are they? Uh, I think it's. I mean, from what I've seen, it, it can happen in a bunch of like pretty much the whole range of cars. Okay. Um, I don't know too much about the actually. Uh, there's a couple of people that do the mod on the valve covers. Um, locally, there's a guy up in Wisconsin, Dustin Dustin Kinjerski, who does yeah. it. But yeah, I've he seen was that. at our VTech Club event. Um, but uh, I don't know what he actually does. But I like, I think he puts like a it. baffle, a baffle around where the PCV um, is at, or okay. maybe not a, ba- a baffle, but it it prevents. I think it prevents oil from getting out through the PCV valve, but it'll still let yeah. pressure come out. Okay. Yeah, the uh, crankcase problems on cars are something that, like, I've spent too much time thinking and figuring this crap out on, like, every car I've ever had. And now I'm going down this B-Series road. Like, I've never played with B-Series in track cars besides, like, helping a few buddies with them. And I'm all nervous that I'm going to have to re-figure out the crankcase crap again. (laughs) But I don't know. Every every setup is different. Like, you know, sometimes you've... On the B series, you vent off the back of the block it was on the big black box thing, and it pukes too much oil, and you can't do that. You got to do valve covers, and got to loop it so that G forces uh, don't just puke all the oil out. And I don't know, it's I've, another thing I got to play with. But. I've always had really good luck with the Moroso pans on uh, on my B series and K series. I've we've we've always used those on on all the motors, and never really had too many problems with you know blowing a lot of oil out or anything like that. 
do you uh, do you build your motors with like tight ring gaps, or do you know um, about your ring gap specs? Or no? I know a little bit. I think Eric does them with a a loose um, piston to wall, but then a fairly tight ring gap. Okay, if that makes any sense. Uh, this current motor that I'm put that I'm about to fire on the car is stock. It's a stock JDM GSR, so I'm curious how it runs. If it runs well, then maybe I'll get a season of beating the snot out of the bottom end. But Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, hoping to build a head before Indy if Alan Skillicorn takes it to Indy runoffs, but uh, other than that, I'm going to keep the bottom end stock if it's solid. We'll see. Cross my fingers. But cool. The just, swapped, be- uh, just, just swapped some Hasport mounts in today. Nice. That was a nightmare. Was it that yeah, bad? I saw the picture. Those were super, super sexy. The the, uh, the the rusty, innovative mounts came out, and uh, Hasport was nice enough to send a bunch of parts. And these things fit really nice, but it would have been like so much easier to put them in before the motor was in. <laughs> it was so hard to do that back mount. It was terrible. I have like f- uh, looking at my left arm. I have like twelve cuts on it. It's uh, it's kind of a mess. But zip ties on the wiring harness just like they turn into razor blades but yeah so so james you've got a fast integra what uh, what are your plans for that fast integra this year what are you doing in 2017 um well first of all we're cutting the heck out of it right now it is such a sad state but i, I think it's going to be a lot lighter than it was last year um so that's one of our main main goals professional awesome are are working on a new splitter and diffuser for it and um yeah, we're just uh, just trying to refine everything as much as possible. Do you have uh, limitations as far as your splitter and all that kind of stuff, or is it uh, is unlimited? Just truly unlimited. Unlimited. You can do whatever you want. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah, you're up against Will Young in a lot of events, and he's got really really big stuff up front. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty, pretty quite a quite a deal that splitter that he has on that car. He's he's also got more power than you, uh, but he's probably got more weight, I would imagine. Also, but. I think his race weight this past year, I think his car was about you know 100 pounds heavier, and I think I'm about 100 pounds heavier than him. So I think our race weights were pretty close, but that car really? made. Yeah, I think that car wow. made about seven seventy to the wheels or something. Yeah, he told like that, he told so. me seven seventy one or something like that. Yeah, something yeah, that's around just there. Wild. It's it's so fast in a straight line. It's just ridiculous. Uh, but uh, I, I'm I'm impressed that you can uh, that you can roll with them. Your, your power band. Do you think that have you ever considered going with a turbo, uh, or are you really happy with the power band of the the Rotrex blower? There's so many benefits, you know. And uh, we've worked with Jackson Racing to try to you know optimize everything as much as possible. And uh, there's just so many benefits, you know. We were talking about transmissions earlier. I think one of the problems with turbocharged cars, especially you know turbocharged cars that have weak transmissions, is you get all that torque as soon as you get into the next gear. Where it's so linear with the Rotrex blower that uh, I would think that it has to be, you know, that has to make a difference. Interesting. Um, you know, maybe. Peak speeds and stuff like that maybe aren't quite as high because your average horsepower throughout your RPMs maybe aren't quite as high. But drivability and everything like that, you know, wheel spin is not something that's in a, even considered for us. It's not an issue. Really? It it doesn't wheel spin with with over five hundred. You know, we we've we've set up the we've set up <laughs> the gearing awesome. so our you know our lowest gear that we use is third gear and it has you know. Um, a fairly high top speed even in third gear with the gear setup we use and it doesn't spin 
in James basically James in any gear at any time. Every track. Just, yeah, that's, and I mean, it just is one less thing to worry about, one less thing to think about when you're on the track. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, it maybe loses a little bit of peak acceleration at some tracks out of some corners, but you can really focus on, you know, steering the car, your line and everything like that when it's not wheel spinning, that's for sure. That's real. I, I would not have expected that to Ben. anything you'd say that that thing doesn't wheel spin. That, that mad, totally, it, mad it from the apex. That totally blows me away. You don't have any traction control or anything like that. No traction control. Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. Very pretty, cool. Uh, pretty cool. OS so Geiken, linear, OS Geiken did a special tune with the diff. On yeah, you were telling um, you were telling us about that. You were telling me about that earlier. But. That helped a lot. But even before that, it wasn't uh, it wasn't much of an issue. That just kind of helped with the mid corner turning and stuff like that. Do you know any details on the diff or no? They said we can do something really cool. I said, do what you can do. I don't really. I know there's so many, you know, so many options with those diffs. I can't even set a diff diff up in Gran Turismo, so I can't even imagine trying to set a diff up in, for a car in real life. I love that. They said that this is going to work really good, and I said, fantastic. Send it over. I'm all about that. That sounds great. Eh? I love that. I just want. I think that the the less things that you have to worry about in the car when you're trying to set a really fast lap in a car that wasn't meant to set a really fast lap, the more likely you are to set a really fast lap. Well, that yeah, any sense? The, that makes some sense to me. Like, uh, I don't know, the less things like I have the ability to control, like that's less things that I have the ability to place the blame on also. And then I can focus on what I have to do, you know? Exactly. Um, I, I understand some of that. For I, another I never, example... Friend, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say I never went faster than when I took the adjustability out of my shocks and just you know bought some shocks from a dude who knew what he was doing with a car that was really similar. So that's that's exactly where I was headed. So K Tune have made us. Uh, so no, I shouldn't say made us. K Tune have what's called a K two Pro Circuit two way, and uh, we've worked you know a little bit with them with the development of those and stuff like that. And so we ran three tracks. At the end of the season, Toronto Motorsports Park, which is really slow and bumpy, um, Gingerman Raceway, which is uh, more smooth, kind of an intermediate speed track, and then we went out to Button Willow, which is you know a lot of high speed corners, some bumpiness, you know, with the curbing and everything like that. Um, you know, ran really fast at all three tracks, front wheel drive record at. Uh, at Gingerman, almost the overall record at Toronto Motorsports Park, and then of course really close to the front wheel drive record at Buttonwill, didn't make a shock adjustment between all three of those tracks. No so that way. Was no, yeah, you know, no shock adjustment whatsoever. So that was no shock adjustment, <laughs> no alignment, no alignment change or anything like that. So we've got that car, you know, working quite good from from high speed tracks to low speed tracks, from bumpy tracks to smooth tracks. And, you know, I have to really thank K-Tune for making an amazing coilover that we can do something like that, that, you know, like I say, one last thing to think about. And uh, at these events, are you just mainly focusing on hitting your marks every time or what, uh, you know, if you're only doing 10 or 15 laps uh, or in, in the case of our special stage event, like four or five, um, when, when you get in the car, what what's the thing you think about? You... Uh, how, how, do you, how do you approach a session? I'm different than a lot of people. I don't you know, recommend people drive the way I do, but I am not a reference point driver from you know, any sense. I 
kind of go out there and wing it every session and uh, <laughs> you know i love james Houghton so much <laughs> it's 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 tough sometimes at uh at new tracks you know if, especially if you know some tracks when you study them on youtube and stuff like that they look like how they look you know on the videos yeah. gingerman was not like that at all i couldn't believe how different it felt than you know from the videos i had watched online so you know even though that when I when I came to Midwest this you know last June and did the 34 right off the trailer, uh, I like almost went off in 10 coming out onto the back straight because I yeah, totally that overshot that. And uh, you know it's not always the best way to learn a track, but you know it seems to it's just what works for me. I I've tried to you know figure out reference points and stuff like that before, and and it's just not the way I drive. Do you just read the track corner to corner every single lap, or pretty much? Yeah, just 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 do, do it, it, man. Just do it. Now, <laughs> I love that. That that like like it's so strange to think about. Like after talking to Jeff Braun and talking to you know to other anybody for the last two years, it's like there's so many different ways to do this. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes you just gotta freaking do it. I don't it's know. Like, eat, I will it's say like eating a Reese's, it. man. What's that? It's like eating a Reese's. There's no right way. Yeah, man. Just like a starfish. Wait, no, like a, there's no wrong just way. Like a snowflake. Damn it, I screwed it up. I think it's there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's. I don't actually eat Reese's. I don't so, even know. So there's no right way. For I don't me to even eat a know. Never mind. Crappy <laughs> analogy. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We haven't had any puns at this event. This uh, this show. Do you have any puns for us, Austin? <laughs> nah, I've been saving them. Yeah. Oh man, to it's them. gonna come. It's gonna come in a barrage, man. Get oh yeah. Ton of puns. <laughs> I will um, say though when I when I run the chump car that I have not necessarily the whole way around the track but some tracks that I'm just having mostly trouble with braking zones not so much with turn in and apexes and stuff like that that seems to come pretty natural but figuring out the braking zone sometimes you know uh have to try to find something to use you know at Watkins Glen they have pretty good brake markers and stuff like that VAR there wasn't many brake markers luckily that car had a yeah, so luckily that car had a name dash in it, and I was uh, going off the um, the shift lights sometimes, which isn't always <laughs> the best. But if as long as you're in a good rhythm and you know getting to the you know the spots kind of in the same spot every lap, uh, that worked pretty good as well. But uh, just add more downforce you, so you don't have to brake. We're trying. We're trying to get closer <laughs> to that all the time. Yeah, like Jeff Braun's dad said, just wide open throttle all the time, man. Flip that switch and go. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that, that that's how you know chump car has kind of jumped the shark as far as the budget goes because you know all that car has an aim dash in it <laughs> <laughs> yeah chump car is just racing racing just has you know unlimited gauges and ten thousand dollars in data <laughs> yeah it's uh well we're we're about an hour in and i gotta i gotta jump out of here pretty soon but uh do uh, you got you got a lot of sponsors to plug do you have your whole list of uh you know the the suncoast skittles Penzoil, uh, you know all the all the things you got to plug. I've been so lucky with so many companies to you know that have helped us along the way. It's um, it's really we would be doing something without the help of all the sponsors, but you know it definitely wouldn't be uh, anywhere near the effort uh, that um, you know that we're doing right now. So there's definitely quite a few. Should I just list them off here? Just run them down, baby. Run them down. Our division, you know, our, Eric Levine from our division, he's, you know, been integral to every part of the car. He's done, you know, engine builds, cage build, you know, at the track every time if there's any problem. 
K Tune, the title sponsor, you know, with all the great parts and all the help, you know, even the owner of K Tuned um, was at Superlap Battle when the transmission broke. He was, you know, right in there with his sleeves rolled up, wrenching on the car, you know, with us, which is, uh, you know, it's just huge to have um, have a company and you know an owner of the company supporting you like that right at the track. Jackson Racing with the Superchargers, they, you know, that that is an integral part. Uh, of the of the car that's for sure you know there's so many things to figure out with the tur- with with a turbocharged setup and there's just not a lot to figure out um you know with the uh with the rotrex blower on there um wrap in waterloo that did the wrap on the car uh fantastic you know really uh i think really helped us you know get noticed a little bit more this year uh exidy were have been uh you know integral to um like i said before we were having problems with some of our clutches and and to to have them come on board and give us something that uh that we didn't have to worry about um afhk parts they've been really good helping us out with um with honda parts stripping technologies do all the powder coating evans tuning do Obviously, all the ECU tuning, G-lock brakes have just been phenomenal. That's another part of the car that's just one less thing to worry about. We don't have fade. We don't seem to have any lockup issues. If you do get any lockup, it's really easy to get them unlocked. And uh, we've been super, super thrilled with their um, with their brake pads. Uh, drive shaft shop, uh, we use their axles. Another part that you know we just don't worry about, and that's. Uh, you know that's been a big goal of ours is to get as many parts on the car that we don't have to think about from an event to an event. Can Alignment Motorsports do our corner waiting and our alignments for us? James is so famous; he has so many sponsors. <laughs> so crazy, so crazy. Track Life Composites make the uh, the fender cutouts, and they're working on uh, uh, basically uh, fenders from scratch now. Uh, cool. APR cool. Performance um, helped us out uh, with our previous wing professional awesome racing um like i say before i've done the whole aero package on the car uh four piston cylinder heads did the cylinder head for us uh race pack data um are are helping us out with a new um uh, cluster and data logger for the car and stop tech i should have actually said something before when we were talking about the brake stop tech have developed an all new uh integra type r time attack based a uh, big brake kit for the car that we should actually have probably next week. That's going you, to be. You were telling eight, us about this at Ice Battle, yeah. Yeah, so eight pounds um, across, you know, four pounds per side lighter than the ST40 kit uh, that I have now of unsprung weight, hoping to have basically the same, you know, braking um, G's and basically no worries and and heat because we're going to a wider, uh, sorry, thicker rotor as well. So um, really looking wow. forward to getting that on the car. A thicker rotor and it's four pounds lighter per corner. Yeah, I think they're going. Holy smokes! I think they're going to you know more vein area in the center uh, with maybe a little bit less friction surface. But uh, I'm really really looking forward to getting that. Anytime you can get something that's you know hopefully going to work better and lighter, that's super super exciting. Is that an aluminum hat and everything then? Or? Uh, I believe so, and it's their trophy caliper as well, so the caliper is actually lighter as well. Man, man, look at you having all these sponsors going fast. It's uh, it's huge for us, you know. If we if we had to to do this all ourselves and you know have to buy everything at full retail and stuff like that, that would uh, this car would look look and 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 sound and like my car a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, James, uh, we have uh, we have a show made with you now, and so now That's you awesome. can sit, I really you appreciate need, you having you just uh, sit back in the bathtub 
You can listen to the sultry sounds of your own Canadian voice. So be weird. I might have to save that. <laughs> Still can't believe that he listens to us in the bathtub. <laughs> so great. It's the greatest. It's the greatest. All right, well, I got to pop off. You guys can talk about, uh, you can, uh, you know, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Nah, I got to run so. too. Yeah, we got girls and we got live. Is, uh, is Jessica watching the Oscars right now? Uh, I don't know. I I haven't peeked into the other room in our house. Because I got to take a shower and hang out with my wife. And I think we're probably going to watch the Oscars, but she pretty much just wants to hang out. So. Yeah. Isn't that I don't want to watch the Oscars at all. I want to talk to James Houghton about freaking 87 sponsors and bathtubs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Well, we'll so, uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. I'm going to take off here. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate you having me uh, having me on. Yeah, of course. Anytime. Hi, Looking forward to spending yeah, some time with you at events this season. Let's uh, let's do it again, man. Anytime, uh, anytime we get hard up for a guest, we know we know who has microphones now. That's we just terrible. we can't hard, catch them. We can't for a guest. That sounds. We can't boring. catch them during right, tub you know, time, though. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime we. Anytime we have about an hour to fill with sponsors, you know, we could just let James <laughs> plug his. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really cool to see how to see how uh, how far you've came in the last few years, buddy. It's been very very fun to to get to know you and to see how fast you've gone. So really appreciate uh, that. Anybody supporting you is supporting somebody that they should support because you're doing uh, you're doing well. So. But, Thank you very much. All right, let's congratulate James on how awesome he is and how slow I am. And I'll see you guys later. All right. <laughs> night, Have a good guys. night. Have a good night, guys. See you. Bye bye.